And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss some shaky bullpens and fab targets for the coming weekend. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Friday. Yes, Friday, August 6th. Get ready to kick off your weekend with a full slate of baseball. Later today, we kick off this episode with the news and notes. Juan Soto fell something in his knee while scoring a run on Thursday against the Phillies. He will be evaluated on a Friday. Gary Sanchez was placed on the COVID IL. Pavin Smith and Antonio Sensatella activated from the COVID IL. Nick Castellanos also activated. He'd been dealing with the wrist injury, so happy to see him back in the Reds lineup later today. Brandon Belt activated after uh, spending some time on the IL with a knee injury, and Evan Longoria starting a rehab assignment at AAA Sacramento. He could return next week, so the team that already had like 17 infielders is about to get two more guys who command playing time. will be very interesting to see how Gabe Kapler balances all of that in San Francisco. Rob Refsnyder activated by the Twins and went two for three with a double and two walks at Houston. Al, before he went on the aisle with that hamstring issue, he was someone we had talked about as doing a lot with his playing time. That playing time is going to be there for him over the next couple of months. Can he still do a lot with it? I, I think he can. And yeah, those playing time opportunities are much clearer now than they were last time we were talking about Rob Ruff Snyder. And he picked up right where he left off. I mean, uh, what he did before was a pleasant surprise for most of us. And then, yeah, a couple of hits, a couple of walks at his first game back. I'm, I'm still not quite ready to be looking at him in my 12-teamers, but everywhere else, I'm looking to pick up some Rob Ruff Snyder this weekend. There you go. Going to have all sorts of playing time for the Minnesota Twins for the remaining two months of the season. Joe Madden said that Jared Walsh will be activated soon. So whatever soon might mean, we should be getting Jared Walsh back into our lives then. Luis Robert will not play this weekend. The team will make a decision about his activation on Sunday. Still wouldn't be surprised to see them just take it easy with Luis Robert. Obviously, the White Sox are cruising to an AL Central title. You want him to play, but you also want him healthy in October, not so much in August. Uh, Clayton Kershaw not expected to return until September. Another team that can probably afford to take things easy with a player like Clayton Kershaw. So maybe not seeing too much of him for the fantasy season the rest of the way. Robbie Grossman exited on Thursday after being hit by a pitch on his elbow. So we'll be keeping an eye on that later today. And Ben Gamble scratched at Cincinnati with a tight hamstring. Al, we've got our uh, more even more than our fair share of closer hijinks from the games on Thursday. Alex Reyes uh, hit a batter, then four straight walks, three with the bases loaded, an incredible ugly uh, performance from him, but I don't think there's any reason to think he's in any sort of trouble of even giving up a portion of the save opportunities there. 
I don't think so either. And it's been a, a relatively rough patch for Reyes, especially this this particular game. But I remember you and I talking about him probably back in April, and I was very concerned about his his grasp of the uh, the closer role. And obviously, it's been fine. It's probably mm-hmm. you know, it's been as good as anybody's in the major leagues this year. And the Cardinals just don't have great options right now. I mean, Giano- Giovanni Gallegos would normally be the next reliever you'd be thinking about, but he's been struggling a bit himself lately. And uh, yeah, I think that Reyes has uh, throughout the course of the season, you know, earned himself, um, you know, uh, definitely a second and a third and a fourth try here. And we got a lot of standouts to get to, so I'm just going to run through the remaining closers things, and you can just pick out one or two that you maybe want to talk about. Archie Bradley got the save for the Phillies at Washington on Thursday. Jose Alvarado, the save before that. We really haven't seen Ian Kennedy get a chance, and that seems strange given that they made the trade for him before the deadline. Adam Simber got a save against Cleveland on Thursday. We didn't see any sign of Jordan Romano or Brad Hand, so really not sure what to think about that. Jake Brents got his first save for Kansas City. Um, Could have just been a situation where the lineup matched up right for him, but uh, something to keep an eye on. And then I guess we have to throw the Reds in here. Michael Kivens uh, got a save for the Reds against Pittsburgh. We know what the, the song is with this Reds bullpen. Out of all of those, which one do you think is most actionable or which one most interesting to you in the fantasy world? I think uh, in terms of actionability and just it being interesting, I think it's the Royals situation because that one really came out of nowhere uh, for me to see Jake Brents get his first career save against the White Sox. And yeah, I really kind of was trying to figure out why that might have been the case because we saw all the you know the usual suspects appear in that game in, in um in setup uh, roles. So, you know, maybe it's that, uh, you had Yoan Moncada coming up first, uh, in the ninth inning there. And, um, you know, maybe it's just an opportunity, you know, turn him around to his, his weaker side, but maybe it just means that uh, the Royals are going to give Brents a look here down the stretch because, uh, they know what they had and, uh, and have still have in Greg Holland. And maybe, uh, it's just time to give Brents a shot. So I think of, of all the, the relievers that you've mentioned, he's the one that I might, uh, take a look at over the weekend in terms of fab. And it's go- just going to be leagues where there's really not a lot mm-hmm. of other options, but you know, we all have those leagues. So yeah, I think the rest of these situations are, are extremely fluid and uh, ones that I want to stay away from anyway. Yeah, extreme shrug situations for the rest of them. Uh, let's get to the Thursday standouts. It was a great day for pitching, Al. It started off with Merrill Kelly. Eight shutout innings, gave up three hits and two walks, struck out four against a tough San Francisco lineup. This guy's looked great over his last nine, a 2.44 ERA uh, across 59 innings, 43 strikeouts against just eight walks. Is this someone you're thinking about adding and keeping and not just being a pitch and ditch sort of streamer? I feel like this is maybe the third, seems like more fourth <laughs> go around this year with, you know, am I going to pick up Merrill Kelly? Am I going to keep him because I've picked him up and then I've ditched him at, at various points in the season? But yeah, this is a long stretch, like you man, uh, mentioned. I mean, nine starts where he's been really consistent, not getting the strikeouts, but for the most part, that's not really what we've seen from Merrill mm-hmm. Kelly over his career so far, in, in at least in the majors. So I think we know he, who he is and he's somebody who can still keep uh, runners off the bases and, and be successful and not not a must-start pitcher, but somebody that's worth rostering for uh, all the times that you do want to stream them into your active rotation. Yeah, Joe Ross is someone who definitely has graduated from that streaming uh, group and is someone who should be 
rostered across the board. Another very strong start against Philly. Six and a third, struck out seven, gave up three runs on five hits and a pair of walks. And over his last nine, a 2.80 ERA, 60 strikeouts against 11 walks in 54 and two-thirds innings. So what's been a lost season in Washington is not without silver linings. Joe Ross emerging as a real go-to guy in that rotation. You and I already talked about him earlier this week, and we were saying that you know for some reason he was stubbornly remaining on the stream radar, but we are both in agreement here that this is someone who should be picked up across the board and kept because this has been a real revelatory season for Joe Ross. Ross Stripling had himself a nice start. We were sort of straddling the fence on him and whether we wanted to stream him, not stream him uh, on yesterday's show, and he came through for anyone who trusted him. Six innings, six Ks uh, with uh, just uh, three hits allowed, no runs and one walk in a win over Cleveland. It's been a strange season for Ross Stripling, Al. It seemed like uh, after a very slow start to the year, he had steadied himself and become someone that we could trust. Then another downturn. It feels like a the sort of guy who we stream from the bench, I believe is the phrase that you've used. And I think that's where Ross Stripling lands. I think so, but I also just have some concerns about his role uh, because I don't. He's the, the Blue Jays are going to have to go with a six-man rotation to keep him in there. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't put it that way because maybe it's somebody else that comes out. But to me, Stripling would be the obvious one to maybe go to a swing man or, or a long man mm-hmm. role. So that's my biggest concern with Stripling at this point. I think if I were more secure that he was just going to take regular turns in the rotation, that. I would do exactly what you said, uh, Michael, which is stream them from the bench and just look for those right matchups like this one against Cleveland. Hey, Braxton Garrett with another strong start. He walked four in five innings, but we start with the bad. He also had to pitch around five hits. So he had to pitch around nine base runners in five innings. But when you strike out six, it makes it a little bit easier to pitch around nine base runners in five innings. Didn't give up any runs against the Mets. Start before that, he struck out 10 in seven innings against the Padres. His next start comes against those same Padres. We know there's a higher degree of difficulty in that start, even without um, Fernando Tatis in the lineup. But is he someone who you're going to be thinking about in that outing? I think just thinking about him, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts will be with uh, Braxton Garrett. I'll you know see how he does. And, yeah. and again, sometimes you get burned that way and you miss your window of opportunity. But uh, I, even though he's had two pretty good starts against two pretty tough opponents, uh, those walks do bother me. Uh, it's you know just really these two starts that you can look at and say, okay, there's something interesting going on here for the for the short run. Uh, I think Garrett is still very interesting in terms of dynasty leagues, but yeah, for right now, I'm still playing wait and see. Tarek Skubal, Daniel Lynch, and Dylan Bundy all with strong outings on Thursday. Skubal, five innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts against the Red Sox. Lynch, five innings, four hits, one run, two walks, seven Ks against the White Sox. Dylan Bundy didn't pitch up to that level of competition, but still had a very nice look against the Rangers. Six and a third, struck out six, didn't give up any runs, walked two, and allowed three hits. Um, Any of these guys change for you with the result of what they did on Thursday? I'd say the closest would be Daniel Lynch, who had a a decent start his last time out. But I kind of put them all in the same bucket with Braxton Garrett, where against, you know, maybe what what should be my better judgment. I'm not going to take any action just because with Scooble, he's really been in a a funk of late. And so this was a bit, bit of a surprise to see him do so well against such a tough opponent. I'm not buying back in yet um, just because of the one start. Lynch and Bundy like to see one or two more starts from them uh, before I start buying in. 
And a couple of hitters to talk about here really quick. Jared Kelenic with his fifth home run of the season. Also had a walk against the Yankees. He's nine for his last 34 with three homers in that stretch. Good to see him rebounding after a really tough start to his major league career. And then Carter Keeboom going two for four with a double against Philly. 11 for his last 36 with a pair of homers in that stretch. Kelenic, you know, he's back on teams. Keeboom, should he be back on teams? I think so. I think so. Now, I've been stubbornly stashing Kelnick in a 12-teamer, uh, so this to me is my bat signal to, to get him active <laughs> next week. I there think, you, you know, you're you're you know, you're know finally seeing what you expected from him, so I'm, I'm buying into that. And Kibu, you know, we've talked about Luis Garcia a bit in the past week or so and him delivering on his potential, mm-hmm. and, you know, so think maybe I've been a little guilty of not paying enough attention to Kiboom. And uh, yeah, so far this year, looking like the player that we expected the last year or two. So um, definitely uh, looking to add him, not in 12 teamers, but everywhere else this weekend. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get to the streamers here. Al on Friday, Ryan Yarbrough gets the Orioles. Logan Webb taking on the Brewers. Mike Miner in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. David Price drawing the Angels. Cal Quantrill against the Tigers. And Ryan Weathers against the Diamondbacks. Who you streaming and why? Uh, definitely streaming Yarbrough, who's somebody that I feel pretty good about starting unless he's got a really rough matchup and I don't quite count the Orioles at, at home. Uh, although I don't view them as pushovers at home either, but good enough to start Yarbrough. Uh, I think you and I both have been pretty consistent about trusting Logan Webb. So even though it's a tough matchup and you got Corbin Burns going for the Brewers, I have no compunction about starting Logan Webb for this one. And, um, I know I can't start everybody, <laughs> but I'm really encouraged by Mike Miner. He had a, a a bit of a lull a little ways back, but seems to be back on track over his last three starts. Good peripherals, good results, a 3.32 ERA over those three starts. So, uh, you know, if Yarbrough's not available, if Webb's not available, I'm okay with Mike Miner. Uh, I'm also okay with David Price. So it really comes down to the last two, Quantrill and Weathers, um, that really, to me, are, are cut below the others that we've talked about so far. Quantrill's had really good results, but not really striking anybody out. The ERA estimators actually have him with a 5-plus a ERA over his last five starts. That might not really tell the whole story, but I think I could stay away from him. Ryan Weathers, I just, you know, I think he's worth think, uh, thinking about and talking about just because he's facing the Diamondbacks, but not convinced he's going to go deep enough to really make it worth our while to start him. All right, Alan, let's wrap this up by taking a look at a fab preview for over the weekend. The names we've got listed here, Joe Adele, Eric Haas, Rowdy Telez, Med Rosario, Joe Ross, Steven Matz, and Tyler Clippert. I'm going to cramp your style. Make an argument for just one of these guys, and it can't be Adele, Ross, or Clippert. So you can pick from Haas, Telez, Rosario, and Matz. Go for it. Woo. All right. I'm going to go Rowdy Telez here uh, because – I've I've just recently realized that he's kind of doing a Willie Adamas with the Brewers. Like the the numbers are just dramatically improved since coming to Milwaukee. So I don't know, you know, what the magic potion is there that they're drinking in Milwaukee, but <laughs> it's um, beer. 
It's well, yeah, obviously. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, whatever it is, uh, seems to be working for them. So, uh, Brewers have really good matchups this week. So, I maybe it's just a, a, a hit and ditch situation with Telez, but I definitely uh, do want to pick him up this week, even in my 12 teamers. And hey, the main reason I cramp Al's style here is because there's going to be a full fat preview coming for all of you on Sunday with Al and Derek Van Riper making his triumphant return to the airwaves here. We're going to call it a show, however, on Fantasy Baseball in 15. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. This very show returns on Monday. For Al Melkier, I'm Michael Beller. Have a great weekend and enjoy all the baseball that's coming your way. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.